Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Radium Girls. My name is Valerie. And I'm Sarah. And today we're bringing you an episode on two serial killers in the 1800s. Yes. We're going old school here. We were running time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what is she saying? (laughs) Going back in the day. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, this story is pretty famous, I think. Um, But I never heard of it. Yeah, I never heard of it. So, I'm excited to bring this story to you guys and let us know if you've heard it before or did you learn something new about our dark history? <laughs> about some murderers. Yeah. Let's go. All <laughs> right. Let's go. <laughs> the Burke and Hare murders were 16 serial killings committed over a period of about 10 months in 1828 in Edinburgh, Scotland. They were undertaken by William Burke and William Hare, who sold the corpses to Robert Knox for dissection at his anatomy lectures. In contrast to the increase in numbers of executions in the wake of the Bloody Code, the Judgment of Death Act in 1823 saw the number of crimes punishable by death in Britain drop dramatically. Good news in theory, but since medical and anatomical schools were only legally allowed to dissect the bodies or cadavers, Of those who had been condemned to death, this led to an extreme shortage of dead bodies available. I didn't know that there would be such a thing like, you know, like, we're running out of dead bodies. We need more. (laughs) We need more. It's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) However, the financial compensation offered by medical schools meant that some unscrupulous types soon found a way around this shortage of bodies, leading to a rise in grave robbing by those known as resurrectionists. Instances of grave robbing became so common that relatives were known to watch over the recently dug graves of their daily departed and watchtowers were installed in cemeteries across the land. The fresher the body, the more money it was worth. Therefore, it didn't take long before the grave robbing graduated to anatomy murder. Hmm. Murder committed with the sole intention of providing the remains for medical research and receiving a monetary reward. The most infamous of which were the Burke and Hare murders in Edinburgh, which occurred between 1827 and 1828. William Burke and William Hare, that's why we will say Burke and Hare, (laughs) they're both Williams. Um, They both originated from the province of Ulster in the north of Ireland and moved to Scotland to work on the Union Canal, Burke having abandoned a wife and two children back in Ireland. The pair met and became close friends when Burke moved with his mistress, Helen McDuckle, to lodgings in Tanner's Close in the West Point area of Edinburgh. Hare lived on the same street and was running a boarding house there with Margaret Laird, a widower with whom he lived as man and wife, and who was also known as Margaret Hare, even though they were not legally married. The pair's first introduction into the world of medical science happened in December 1827, when one of the Harris tenants, an elderly army pessoneer, 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 peniser, peniser, peniser. That doesn't even it's si. That's not what I read. Pensioner, duh. An elderly army pensioner by the name of Old Donald died of natural causes while still owing four euros in rent. So if you didn't know, one euro equals one USD dollar, U- US dollar. Um, 
I wish my rent was four dollars. For real, we get in the eighteen hundreds. This crazy. Do the conversion. <laughs> I'm just getting done. Really did the. Oh, no. like what? Oh, like what? Now I'm curious. Yeah, I what it would be now? What is the value of a dollar in the early 1800s? Twenty-one dollars. So it's still cheap. So times twenty-one times four is what? Eighty bucks. I wish my rate was less than a hundred bucks. Is this yeah a day bucks. or? <laughs> huh? I said, is this a day? Oh right, right. Eighty oh, yeah. bucks a day. Oh, dang. Okay. <clears throat> That's insane. That is. To cover the man's outstanding debt, the pair weighed his coffin down with tanning bark prior to his funeral and took his body to the medical school at Edinburgh University. By the way, um, I don't know about that word. <laughs> we don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I mean, we, we did YouTube the pronunciation, yeah, but... We tried. We're, we're doing our best. Our country. Your country. <laughs> hey, you got a twang, too. Barely. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bless you. Where they were swiftly pointed in the direction of Professor Robert Knox, a popular anatomy lecturer. Knox paid the duo seven pounds and ten shillings for Donald's body. The pair struck again in early 1828 when another tenant named Joseph became ill. Too impatient to see if Joseph would actually die from his afflictions, Burke and Hare took it upon themselves to help him along. Plying him with whiskey and then suffocating him by covering his mouth and nose while he was forcibly restrained. This became their favored method of execution as it left the body unmarked and undamaged for the students who were later to dissect the cadavers. It's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. Bodies for the students. Edinburgh slang was transformed by the infamous Burke and Hare murders. A new word, burking, was coined, a verb meaning to smother a victim or to commit an anatomy murder. I know. Crazy. A rhyme also circulated in Edinburgh. Up the close and doon the stair, butt and bin with burk and hair, burks the butcher, hairs the thief, knocks the boy that buys the beef. I don't get it, but yeah. I mean, it's 1800. Poetry, like, it makes sense back then. In the absence of any further ill tenants, the pair decided to entice victims to the lodging house, preying on Edinburgh's poorest communities who were less likely to be missed or recognized. In total, Burke and Hare are said to have murdered at least 16 people for between 7 to 10 pounds apiece, although the real total is likely to be a lot higher. Crazy, man. Crazy. For real. Yeah, I knew getting a lot of money. Well, I mean, I guess back then, though, it, it is kind of considered a lot because, like, <laughs> the value of items. Like, I'm sure buying a candy bar was a penny. Yeah. You know, like, our day penny. Their day is practically free. So, could be a lot back then. But isn't Especially it if the rent was only $80. Yeah. Like... Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's all weird. It's a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's a job. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. A local prostitute, Janet Brown, was likely to escape with her life when she and a friend, Mary Patterson, were invited to stay by Burke. Having excused herself earlier in the evening, 
Janet returned to find her friend missing and was told Mary and Burke had stepped out. <laughs> Having waited for her friend to return, Janet eventually decided to leave. Having no idea that Mary was lying dead in the next room, ready to be taken to Knox, and that she herself was the next likely victim. Dang, so I she know. got the friends. Crazy. Burke and Hare soon became greedy and no one was safe. An elderly grandmother was killed with an overdose of painkillers, and Hare murdered her blind young grandson by breaking the boy's back across his Ooh. knee. It's dark. How? Like, what happened to preserving the body? Right, and I'm like, I don't care. But why Why a kid? Right, what a kid do dang. Even a relative of Helen's, Anne McDougall, was unhesitantly dispatched. However, with greed came carelessness. Mm -hmm. A number of Knox's students were said to have recognized Mary and two other prostitutes murdered by the pair, Elizabeth Halden and her daughter, who made the unfortunate mistake of calling at the local who made the unfortunate mistake of calling at the lodging house to inquire after her missing mother. The gossip was made worse when the pair brought in a handicapped children's entertainer by the name of James Wilson, who was well known in the city as Daft Jamie. They killed an entertainer who was just trying to entertain children who were unable to live Full lives like you and I. Right. Yeah. That's terrible. Agreed, man. The things Not, people do for oh. money. My bad. It's okay. What do they do for money? So the things people do for money. Oh, yeah. For real. It's crazy. It is crazy. Greed. Mm-hmm. Greed and power. It's crazy. Knox was said to strongly deny the identity of the body, but swiftly removed his head and deformed foot... <laughs> During the dissection. (laughs) Dang. We gotta go and be like removing his deformed foot. Rude, man. It just gets darker. Oh my god. Burke and Hare transported most of their victims to Knox by carrying the corpses in a tea chest. The tea chest they normally used was too small, so they transferred the corpses to a herring barrel and loaded it into a cart. Unfortunately, Hare's horse refused to pull the heavy load any further than Grass Market, and a porter had to be called to help transport the container. (laughs) Can you imagine being like a porter, like a taxi service or something like that? Like, hey, we need your help transporting this, and you had no idea that there's just a dead body in there? There's just tea in there. There's just tea. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Oh, my God. Once Hare returned to his home in Tanner's clothes, he took his anger at the added complication by shooting the horse dead. Rude. D-E-D dead. Yeah. You say D-E-D? Yeah. (laughs) Following an argument between Burke and Hare, which was caused by Burke's suspicion that Hare and Margaret were cutting himself and Helen out of deals with Knox, Burke and Helen began to take their own lodgers. On Halloween 1828... Burke and Hare's last victim, Marjorie Campbell Doctry, was invited to stay with Burke and Helen on the pretense that she was a distant relation of Burke's mother. What? Huh? So they like they they invited this lady to come stay with them, implying that she's a she is a distant relative to Burke. 
Why would, like, hey, just I guess called this woman up somehow, or so like I don't Call even know how up. that works. Because <laughs> I, I don't think they have cell phones. <laughs> they obviously don't have cell phones, but I mean, like their community. I don't know how their communication works back then, mm-hmm. but I was like, hey, that's crazy. You're a distant relative of my mom. Come stay with us. <laughs> Come enjoy the lodge. That's insane. <laughs> Burke's other lodgers, a couple called James and Aunt Gray were invited to stay temporarily at Harris boarding house that evening so the murder could take place. Hey, you're a lodger, but come over here to this other to my friend's house like and stay here tonight, please. We don't need you here tonight. Like you got to go. We got to kill someone. Right? That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> like why wouldn't they question that? Like, sure, yeah. we'll go to this other house for the night even though we're paying to stay here. Right? They're really like it's on the house. So, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better give me something in return. On their return to Burke's lodgings the following day, the Greys were told that Marjorie had been asked to leave because she had been flirtatious with Burke. The couple became suspicious when they were not allowed to enter the spare room where they had left some belongings, and when left alone, they discovered Marjorie's dead body hidden under the bed. <laughs> they didn't try to harm. No. Dang. Greed. They got careless. For real. Mm-hmm. The couple challenged Helen over their discovery, and she offered them a bribe of 10 euros a week if they would keep the discovery to themselves. That's like um, $400 a month. Like our money? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Hold on. My math is completely wrong. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> That's $800 a month because it's... I forgot that it was uh, 1 to 20. It's like 20 point something. So yeah. that's... $200 a week, so $800 a month. That's good money in that time. Oh, shoot. That's more than what they're making off the bodies. Yeah. That's crazy. Hmm. The Greys refused and reported the murder to the police. Oh, snitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> Snitches get stitches. Yes. However, in the meantime, word must have reached Burke and Hare, as by the time the police arrived at the premises... Marjorie's body had been moved and taken to Knox. <laughs> they quick. Yeah. Burke and Helen and later Hare and Margaret were all arrested and gave conflicting accounts of what had taken place with Burke and Hare, each blaming each other. Of course, of course. Right. You gotta discuss your story, like, beforehand. Like, we, we're about to get into this killing stuff, you know? Like, this is what we're gonna do. This is our business. We're gonna make money like this. So, if we ever get caught, this is, like, this is our story. We'll blame the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So careless. Mm-hmm. This is why you don't murder with other people. You just murder by yourself. Like Dexter. <laughs> Actually, no, he involved other people too sometimes. I was going to say, didn't he like, yeah. uh, wasn't that like the Trinity killer or something? He's, that he, he's getting sloppy too. He was, yeah. yeah. I got to rewatch Dexter See now. what happens. Yeah, the new seasons. Not bad. Yeah, I need to watch it. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Put that on my anyway. list. <laughs> the police's investigation soon led them to Knox, and James Gray identified the body found in the lecture hall as Marjorie. Having read about the murder in the local newspaper, Janet Brown later identified clothes found at Harris Lodging House as belonging to her missing friend, Mary Patterson. However, the police had little hard evidence to prove the crimes had been committed, and eventually the Lord Advocate, Sir William Ray, offered Hare immunity in return for testifying against Burke and Helen, which he was more than happy to do. 
I bet he was. Yeah, I would be too. Mm-hmm. Immunity. That's insane. Like complete immunity. Right. Complete. Not just like we'll we'll give you a lesser sentence or something like that. I mean, yeah. golly. Complete. Like we won't kill you, but you know you don't go over there kill more people. My bad. <laughs> The trial began on Christmas Eve, 1828, and early the following day, Burke and Helen were both charged with Marjorie Daugherty's murder. I don't know how to say that last name. Yeah. <laughs> Burke was also charged with the murder of Mary Patterson and James Wilson. While Helen's complicity in Marjorie's murder was deemed not proven under Scottish law and she was set free, another one set free. Burke was sentenced to death by hanging. Dang, Burke. <laughs> you got the short stick. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, everybody else is set free. Mm. William Burke was hanged at Lawn Market in front of a boisterous cheering crowd of over 25,000 on January 28, 1829. On February 1st, 1829, Burke's body was publicly dissected by Professor Monroe at the Anatomy Theater in our very own old college building. Publicly. Yeah, that's, I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, it's kind of what you get. That is what he gets. <laughs> but dang, only Burke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Sorry, hair hair should have, should have, oh, oh. that's crazy. That is crazy. So the procedure lasted for two hours, and during that time, Monroe decided to dip a quill into Burke's blood and write the following sentence. This is written with the blood of William Burke. Well, it says WM, who was hanged at Edinburgh. This blood was taken from his head. How dark is that? Like, you're going to write in his blood, like, this is his blood and we're taking it from his head. And I'm writing this sentence though. with it. <laughs> what? It's kind of badass. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I guess so. But... Published anywhere? Like, do we have it in a museum or something? Well, after the dissection, Burke's skeleton was given to the Anatomical Museum, where it remains to this day. His death mask and a book which is bound with his skin can be found at the Surgeon's oh, Hall God. Museum. <laughs> what were y'all doing back then? I'm telling you. But was is that letter in there? The note? Um, I don't remember. That'd be pretty cool to see. It's yeah, like it would be. Real 1800 blood. <laughs> I don't know. That was crazy. Excuse me. I don't remember. And a book um, with his skin. Lord. Mm-hmm. If we, if we, of course, if we, if we have pictures, you would have probably already seen them by now. We'll put them up. But mm-hmm. if we cannot find pictures, then um, use your, your imagination. imagination. <laughs> yes. Oh. I did not think you were going to say that. That is so funny. <laughs> What do you think I was going to say? I they going to say, like, Google it or something. Uh, or look it up. <laughs> That's so funny. The same wavelength. Dang, yeah. <laughs> no. But that would be cool to see. And maybe we should make a trip to this place. Edinburgh? Edinburgh. 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 <laughs> Despite his obvious involvement in the murders, his accomplice hair was released in February of 1829 and escaped across the border into England. So he was jailed? Huh? So he was jailed? He he was released. I mean, they had, like, they had arrested him and they arrested oh. both of them, you know, so, like, after they gave him the immunity, he was released. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
And then he fled. <laughs> He's like, get the fuck out of here. So no one knows definitively what actually happened to Hare, but it has been rumored that he was thrown into a lime quarry by an angry mob and lived out his days as a blind beggar on the streets of London. Both Helen and Margaret also fled Edinburgh, with Helen said to have emigrated to Australia and Margaret to Ireland. And despite mass public outrage, Knox was also cleared of his involvement in the murders as Burke claimed he had no idea where the bodies had come from. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. crazy. His reputation in ruins, Knox moved to London to try and salvage a career in medicine. The Burke and Hare murders followed swiftly afterwards by the 1831 murders committed by London Burkers in Bethnal Green, led to the Anatomy Act, 1832, which allowed doctors, anatomy lecturers, and medical students greater access to cadavers and allowed for the legal donation of bodies to medical science, effectively calling an end to the illegal body snatcher trade. Body snatcher trade. Yes. Ooh, that might be a good title. Like, Oh, yeah. Brooke, Brooke and, what is its name? Burke and Hare Body Snatchers. <laughs> body snack. No, um, you say snack? <laughs> body snack. <laughs> Oh, oh, you I did! Shit! <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same wavelength here. Like, I'm sharing my bad speaking habits with you, and I guess the thought process, too. This is funny. This is so crazy. That is insane. We're keeping those in. Yeah. <laughs> um... So this is Burke and Hare. Obviously, like, you know, pictures, you, you get what you got from Pic- the 1800s. Drawings. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Burke is on the left here and Hare is on the right. You can see their face. It's mm-hmm. the same picture, just a little bigger. Uh, so this is the watchtower in, at the cemetery. Whenever the Judgment of Death Act of 1823, like, the number of crimes punishable by, by death dropped and then... The medical and school, medical and anatomical schools were only able to dissect bodies like of those who were sentenced to death. But since the number of crimes punishable by death went, they like dropped it, they didn't have as much access to bodies anymore. So they put those watchtowers up on the cemeteries so people, you know, because they were snatching bodies. So that's what the, what the, tower looks like okay they would put cages over the oh interesting Mm -hmm. here's the doctor Mm -hmm. he's like i don't know where the buddies came from yeah okay facial reconstruction of burke (gasps) what Mm -hmm. what does that look like what's wrong with his face um these are the death masks what does that mean the face inside uh (laughs) um it's a ca- it's a plaster a cast oh, of their face their after death. Insane. Yeah. Wait. So how did they die? They were safe. Wait. Remember. So they have they have Hare's face mask, but he's the one that went to London and it was like uh, it was a, like a blind beggar. Well, they or they said that he might have. Died or what they say? I don't know. They took his body and got his face. This is written with the blood of W. M. Burke. Interesting. Oh, ooh, wow. 
Oh, it's blood. He was hanged at Edinburgh on 20th January 1829 for the murder of Mrs. Campbell. Doctory. Oh, yeah, because that's the thing. She what? She blood? The blood was taken from his head on the 1st of February 1829. I want to see the skin book. Burke. A book with his skin. Mm-mm. His skin? What does it say on the table? Uh... Yeah, that one's it. Pocketbook. Ah! That looks like the leather. William Burke. Skin William. book. Skin book. <laughs> Is that it? Hand size for reference. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, like this one. Oh, how skin look like that? Freaky. They let they leather eye leather. What do you how you do that? You t- like you tan the skin. You um. But like, how does it have like the texture preservative like, and that, how leather? Because <laughs> have you never seen like leather get me? No. <laughs> so you see how it's like ridgy, mm-hmm. and then so you've got like the fat layer. This part right here is pretty much what they're tanning. It's called tanning when you when you skin and you make it into leather. So it's like the fat pockets, and that's what gives it that mm. texture. And then when it shrinks, so as it dries out, it shrinks. So it it looks more like popcorn ceiling and like the opposite, Freaky. concave instead of convex. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Just... Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, so that's our story about Burke and Hare, the serial killers of eighteen the early eighteen hundreds. Yeah, they're trying to make that money. Yeah, <laughs> you never heard of that story before, right? I know it's really dark. Yeah, I don't remember if this was somebody submitted the story or not, but um, thank you if you did. I'm so sorry for not shouting out like who you are because I don't remember where I got this story from. Maybe my mom. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Probably. This <laughs> feels like something she might would send me. <laughs> but uh, I found it to be a very interesting story. I had no idea that these yeah. that was even a thing. Like, people robbing graves for bodies to make money. Like, what? Yeah, I feel like I've heard something like that before, but not over there. Like, I feel like over here. Somewhere. Maybe in the U.S., yeah. yeah. But, like, not back then. I don't know. Something sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew, like, grave robbers, you know. That's why, mm-hmm. actually, even still to this day, they won't bury you with, like, your jewelry. Yeah. And stuff like that. That's true. Um, unless you take that risk, but... Uh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fascinating story. Have you heard it before? Have you heard the story about Burke and Hare, the body snatchers? The body snatchers. <laughs> Do you learn something new? <laughs> The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so our question for today's episode. Is ketchup sweet or sour to you? Ketchup is sweet. 
And mm. it has sugar in it, so it's sweet. I don't really like it. It depends on the brand. I Hunt. mean, they do have sugar-free. <laughs> Hunt's Ketchup. Hunt's Ketchup brand. And there's several other brands that are similar to Hunt's Ketchup. I can always tell it's sweet. And I do not like it. I hate it. I don't like sweet. But Heinz Ketchup and, like, most ketchup packets are, they taste like Heinz. That's sour to me. Hmm. Sour. I, love it. I don't know if I've tasted sour. I like Whataburger. Like, I can deal with Whataburger's ketchup. Whataburger's is, like, the most sour. I don't know. I can deal with it. <laughs> but I don't like You don't tomatoes. like it? I can deal with it. Like, if I gotta have something to dip it in, and that's all I have, I'll, I'll dip it in that. But you prefer, like, if you had to choose McDonald's ketchup over Whataburger ketchup, you no, would choose, I, like, the packets I from McDonald's? my stuff in ranch. Okay, but we're not talking about ranch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> weirdo. I, don't, I don't know if I've... I guess I've or had... Or, like, Chick-fil-A. I don't think I've had their ketchup. Because I don't eat ketchup. <laughs> I like, I'll only do Whataburgers, so... Not even, like, Heinz ketchup? I mean, if, I, if this is the last thing I got, and it's all I got... I'll eat it. You're so weird. Oh, it yeah. doesn't taste anything like tomatoes. But it's still made of tomatoes. <laughs> Weirdo. And it's sweet. And I don't like it. It's not sweet. It's sweet. <laughs> That's what blows my mind. Like, th- th- I really need to know this from you guys. Like, do you think ketchup is sweet or sour? And let's talk about Heinz. Do you think that Heinz ketchup is sweet or sour? But why is not that- sour? Hmm? Why do you even want sour? Like, I'm trying to eat my food. <laughs> it, gives it, a, it gives it a twang. Hmm. Like, why would you want spicy, like, mm. honey mustard? Or <laughs> not even spicy. I don't know why I, I like said honey that, mustard. Honey mustard's twangy to me, but it's gross. So or Chick-fil-A sauce is twangy, mm. but it's gross. I like Chick-fil-A sauce. Cane sauce is twangy, and it's I gross. Like, I like Chick-fil-A. I mean, cane sauce, too. But ketchup, to me, is twangy, which, to me, is sour. But you like it. <laughs> I love it. But like, like all tomatoes. those other flavors, I don't like it. It's probably because they have mustard in it. Oh, yeah. I hate mustard. Mustard's sour. Mustard, I only need to use mustard every now and then. And it's like a little bit. Because it's like, I don't know, it's too intense. It's like, punches you in the face. Like, <laughs> it does. Even the Some smell of it. Oh. Yeah. But if you get a burn, put, put mustard on it. I've done that before. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so... Do you do you think that Heinz ketchup, specifically Heinz, is sweet or sour? And then Hunt's, do you think it's sweet or sour? Hunt's ketchup. Are y'all that serious about your ketchup? I am. I don't like Hunt's. Like, if you have Hunt's brand ketchup, I'll just eat my food dry. I do not like Hunt's ketchup. It's sweet. It's disgusting. I'm not that picky. (laughs) Man, let me tell you, in high school, (laughs) we used to have, they used to get those, like, big, like, 10 containers of ketchup because you know a bunch of kids and they had the pop and they used Heinz ketchup for the longest time like I mean the longest time and then come back from to from summer one year and they switched it to Hunt's ketchup and I didn't know like you because the, the paper was not on it anymore and I that I bet that's why they took the paper off of it <laughs> but um I got you know got a ketchup on there and, and dip whatever chicken or whatever I had Took a big old bite of that ketchup and almost threw up. Hate Hunt so freaking bad. It didn't use ketchup like the rest of my year, school years. Like, cannot stand Hunt's ketchup. Hmm. Very picky about my ketchup. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some yeah there's some mm-hmm. off brands that i'm like no nah, this tastes too much like hunts but and then um there's i want to say it might be dairy queen their ketchup's like tolerable but it's almost there mm-hmm. yeah so yes very picky about my ketchup yeah, go ranch <laughs> i just i could do ranch on my salad but that's about as far as i can go with ranch you i don't know. like i like i like yeah. it by itself i can like dip a carrot in it and like eat the ranch off of it <laughs> You know, I do that too. But I mean, I'm not gonna. But it's like yeah. a dip. Like, there's probably ranch in my fridge expired right now because yeah. don't use it. But ketchup, I go through like four bottles a week. Oh my god, <laughs> not no. really, but almost really. <laughs> but let's talk about may- mayonnaise and Miracle Whip. Okay. Which one do you prefer, Miracle Whip or mayonnaise? I mean, I know your answer, but mayonnaise because Miracle Whip is too sweet. <laughs> How is Miracle Whip sweet? It tastes like a dessert. It is sweet. This just blows my mind because Miracle Whip is sour. It's, it's tangy. Sweet. It's tangy. How is it sweet? It's, it's sweet. tangy. It's too sweet. It's too sweet. Like sometimes it's... it makes my cheeks pucker because it's sour. Oh my god. Like literally, I don't understand how you taste well, it that might it's be sweet. sweet and sour, but it's sweet. <laughs> Mayo is sweet. <laughs> do you not think it's sweet i just no i don't think so then what kind of just normal sensory is I don't it? Know. regular <laughs> what's regular just like no sensory <laughs> i don't know just there <laughs> to make it go down easy oh no nah. just i mean I'll, i would eat it if i had to if that was all there was i'm not Extremely picky. I would need it. Yeah. But I don't prefer it. Yeah. I forced it upon you one time. (laughs) (laughs) From then on, I kept mayo in my fridge. So they're expired too? (laughs) Probably. Actually, Vincent eats it too, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But it's good. (laughs) And and, and I feel like mayonnaise and Miracle Whip, they they last for a long time. Yeah. I still eat it like past expired. Yeah, I smell it. You could tell if it's gone bad. I feel like it looks weird. And it smells it. very sour. Yeah. I'm sorry if you can hear the dog toy in the background. I got a puppy and she's got the puppy. It's puppy time. I don't know why she's awake right now, but okay. <laughs> she's ready to party. I'm not too picky about like that. I would definitely prefer like if you have Miracle Whip, give it to me all day long. I do not want like I could eat it out of the jar. Just I like Miracle Whip. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we both used to be like mayonnaise sandwiches. Quote unquote. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or you just put Miracle Whip on bread and, and like eat eat it. Just eat it. Like yeah. that's I might actually do that tomorrow. Like that sounds I'm gonna have to do like, it right now. I'm hungry. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm hungry. It sounds pretty dang good. I've done it since I was younger, but yeah. And then I would like cut up get a tomato slices oh, and put no. the tomato you and salt the tomatoes. on it, pepper. <laughs> eat a tomato a tomato. A tomato. <laughs> A tomato sandwich. Mmm, tomato sandwich. <laughs> Sounds so good. <laughs> but if you ever hear me say mayo, like, I want some mayo, it's probably Miracle Whip that I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Please don't put real mayonnaise on my <laughs> I'm like, no, you asked for it. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, I can deal with mayo. Like, uh, you go anywhere, like Subway or anything like that, and they pack it. It's always real mayo. They never yeah. have Miracle Whip. Like, no, ever. No one's weird like that. 
<laughs> I guess I am. Like, do you get your burgers with like miracle abundance? They got mayo. I mean, I don't really eat burgers, so oh, that's true. Hot dogs. You you probably eat miracle abundance. Miracle, yeah. yeah, yeah. But are we the only weirdos that eat mayonnaise on our? Hot dogs. Pretty sure, like, some of my family will do, like, my family will do that, actually, because we just had my niece's birthday party, and there was Miracle Whips. Actually, I believe my sister even asked, would y'all prefer Miracle Whip or mayonnaise over for, or out here for the hot dogs? (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure she asked that question, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, just leave both, because I think there's both in my family, but... Mm -hmm. It could be just, uh, yeah. yeah. Do you even like mayo? (laughs) A lot of people don't. That's true. Yeah. A lot of people prefer mustard. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdos. Too intense. Ugh. Ugh. Vincent likes mustard. I think he prefers mustard. Over. Really? I like some horseradish sometimes. Like on my sandwiches. Oh. Because it gives you that little punch sometimes you need. <laughs> no. It's good. Like it. Just don't chug it. <laughs> I do. I do like... Um, like on my chicken sandwiches from like Popeyes or McDonald's or wherever else they make chicken sandwiches every, mm-hmm. anywhere, you know they usually put mayo on there because that I guess goes with chicken. Yeah, but I'll put ketchup on it too. You would. So it's got the flavor of mayo and ketchup. <laughs> Double sa- extra sour. Yeah, for real. Super yum. <laughs> Super yum. I think I'm hungry. We're hungry. We are hungry. Let's end this. So, everybody, thank you for watching the episode. And um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us at the Radium Girls Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Go like us on YouTube or subscribe to us. Like us. Listen to us on Spotify and all the other podcasts. <laughs> uh, that's about it. You know what to do. We are the Radium Girls. Yep. <laughs> and that's how you can find us everywhere. Yes. The Radium Girls Podcast. The Radium Girls Podcast. And yeah. So good night or, or good day, our lovelies. <laughs> yes. And as always, stay, stay curious. curious.